everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of the Stag Sports Wrap podcast here. And we've now gotten to the point of the hashtag we're in, hashtag let's ride portion of the Stag Sports Wrap season <laughs> because we're dancing, baby. It's JJ Duke along with Drew Kingsley, and we are going to be discussing Fairfield baseball getting in to the NCAA tournament. And Drew, this weekend, whether it was across Memorial Day weekend, Memorial Day itself, it was a chaotic week for Stags athletics, but boy, has it returned some very good benefits. Yeah, it was, as far as chaos goes, it was some pretty good chaos in a lot of respects. Yeah, so we're going to get into that. A lot of things to cover. Drew and I will obviously be talking about the MAC baseball championships and then kind of the build up to what the announcement was like because it was certainly not a very easy 48 plus hours or so I had a chance to talk with Jake Noviello about that experience we also have some other news and notes to get to so we're going to dive right into it Drew Um, before we talk about the MAC tournament on the baseball side this is something that I don't want to say is unprecedented because the MAC has obviously in the past had some two bid opportunities but did we ever truly think that we sat down maybe in early April saying to ourselves, yeah, that this could happen. This really could happen despite the fact that Fairfield won 28 straight to start the season. Do you think that we could have been sitting here and talking about this? You know, you thought it and mostly because other people were saying it, people that are deeply entrenched in the college baseball bracketology and all that were saying it, but you don't truly 100% believe it. You know, we've seen it happen with teams like Monmouth men's basketball, who were one of the first few teams out. And the Mac just traditionally across the board pretty much is a one bid league. And, you know, I, you're, you're never going to hear me say a bad word about these committees. They have a thankless job. And whether it's two football teams, four football teams, 68 men's basketball teams, there's always a first team out and they always, have a pretty reasonable gripe that they should be in so you're never going to hear me say anything bad about that but it's just a fact the mac is usually on the outside looking in but with the season uh these stags have had uh it's just it's it's so exciting to see that hard work pay off and to get them get a chance to show it on the national stage i mean drew and i were discussing uh, before we came on and the statistics are just very intriguing in terms of the mac in the national stage This is the first time in nearly a decade that this league has gotten two teams into the NCAA tournament. Uh, The last time was men's basketball national championship tournament in 2012, where Loyola, yes, remember Loyola, they (laughs) won the league. Iona got themselves into the first four in. Unfortunately, we're not going to discuss what happened afterwards. You, You all know the picture of that, but This is the eighth time that this league has ever gotten two bids in a sport. This is just the fourth different sport that it's happened. Previously, men's basketball, women's basketball, and for a period of time, men's soccer, when it was the combination of either Loyola Fairfield, Loyola St. Peter's. Um, There have been some, could we dare to say, you know, dynamic teams like just those runs that you had that you knew that, okay, even no matter what, they're probably going to be in. They're almost juggernauts in this league. I mean, you talk about Monmouth women's soccer. I mean, that's a team that hardly ever loses, but they needed to win that tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. So it's 
truly amazing to know that what Fairfield baseball has done this year, 37 wins, three losses, still kind of uneasy from 5 p.m. on Friday onwards, but it's just a testament to how fun this ride has been. And I genuinely hope, and I know this is us speaking from a Fairfield perspective, but for anybody else out there that may not be as familiar, there may be a lot of people that's tuning into this podcast for the first time, trying to understand the landscape of Mac athletics. This does not happen every day. And we are eternally grateful for how this season has panned out. Yeah, it's been, it's been exciting. It was uh, some much needed excitement, I think for a lot of uh, Fairfield baseball fans who saw last season really on the high point of that season was that win at Stetson. And then that ended up being the last game they played in March. I think, you know, 37 and three, you can never think was going to happen, but I think if that 2020 season plays out, Fairfield might've come into this year as the favorite and it may have been a whole different dynamic, but it ended up being a, a really, really surprising, really exciting. And uh, we've been using the word magical a lot, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's the right word it's just been a magical run looking forward to seeing it continue now drew and i will not be doing our kind of traditional breakdown of what has occurred over the last week or so obviously fairfield baseball in the mac tournament most of you all know what happened but just to give the nuts and bolts the team started as the number one seed in the championship tournament round so the four team double elimination tournament after fairfield got through the quarterfinal series against Manhattan back on May the 20th, sweeping that best of three series. Fairfield drops game one, four to one against Canisius. And what was a, just a solid game. It, Matt Duffy for Canisius through a complete game. He was great. Fairfield had their backs against the wall really for the first time this season. And they responded well, knocking off Monmouth, a very game Monmouth team, three, one, came out the next day, beat Canisius 8-2. to two. That was a game that was moved up on Friday because of the absolute horrific weather that we had all across Memorial Day weekend. They got that game in, uh, won that one 8-2 with an onslaught of offense. And then Ryder, who won both of their games heading into the championship round, they were the 2-0 team, and they got hot with their bats at the right time, swatting five homers, the first time that's happened in a game for the Bronx since 2017. They won their first MAC championship since 2010. Drew, you and I made, you stated that any team that entered last week's championship round had a case of either being the winners or the 0-2 team, and I think what we said truly panned out. I don't think a lot of people had Monmouth being the 0-2 team, but they unfortunately didn't hit the right form at the right time. Ryder ended up hitting the right form. They won all five playoff games. And I know um, this is a Fairfield-centric podcast, but a sincere tip of the hat to Barry Davis and his team. They played unbelievably, and I would find a hard argument to say that they were not worthy winners. Oh, yeah. I mean, since March 20th, Fairfield was the best Mac team, but since I guess May 20th, when the postseason began, I think Ryder was the best team. They came out and won it. They, uh, they hit big, they hit at the right times. They got some clutch pitching. Um, they were probably, if you want to talk about accolades, the least heralded of the four teams that came into the championship weekend. And I think they played with a chip on their shoulder. I think they had a big walk-off win over Canisius, excuse me. It was over Canisius. I've seen a lot this weekend. And they really rode that momentum into that Fairfield game. Um, got some big hits. 
uh, got out of a bases loaded jam twice when that game was still very close. And yeah, tip of the hat to the Bronx. They, as I said, they were the best team for the last couple of weeks and good luck to them in their part of the NCAA tournament as well. Yeah, they're going to be heading down to the Louisiana Tech Regional, the Ruston Regional, and the first time that they're going to be going dancing in over a decade. I know it's been a long wait for Dr. Barry Davis, and the last time that they were in the NCAA tournament, I think they ended up walking away from the very regional that Fairfield's going to be participating in, getting outscored something like 29-1 to in those two games. So I believe there's a bit of retribution coming for the Bronx, and best of luck to them. But what I did appreciate from Fairfield was the fact how they performed when the pressure was on the line. It's never easy being a number one seed. It's never easy being a host in any sort of a postseason game that we're not seeing that as much anymore. Obviously, some sports are kind of changing the landscape, moving away from a centralized format to higher seed hosting or something along those lines. But um, what the combination of Jake Noviello and Trey McLaughlin did on the mound and then just some timely hitting from our usual characters, Mike Handel broke out a little bit of a a slump and had himself a nice finish to the postseason. Mike Caruso doing what he does best and just is a big player in big game situation. Um, it wasn't the ideal scenario, but I think in the long term, Drew, especially heading into this regional, learning to play with pressurized situations, something that Fairfield hasn't had a lot this year, is ultimately going to help them against what well, we're going to be seeing some very good ball clubs coming up in a few days' time down in Austin. Yeah, this regular season, the way it started out before we knew it was going to be this big 28 game winning streak, just starting out four and oh, and then eight and oh, it really gave them, you know, it took some of the pressure off at first because you can lose a game and you're eight and one, you know, you can even drop a series and you know, you're 11 and three or something like that. So they really didn't have that pressure until it got to uh postseason time and they, Overall, you know, that Canisius game, as you said, uh, Duffy just came out and threw a gem for them. But overall, the Stags really did respond well to that pressure. They just ran out of gas. And we said last week that needing to win four straight elimination games was going to be near impossible in that field. And that proved to be the case. Absolutely. So what it then turned out to be was, um, well, I can't actually tell the amount of time because it definitely seemed like forever for some, it was very quick for others from Friday at 5 PM. Once the rain started, which by the way, um, do have to give a, a appreciation to the Mac baseball tournament committee for getting together on Thursday night, recognizing the weather that was going to be coming in over the weekend, moving up the start times on Friday, because literally when, uh, myself and my broadcast partner, Chuck Sadowski got off the air for the Mac tournament, which was about four forty-five or so. It, again, difficult to say, but five minutes later, it started raining. So it could, if this tournament went to a game seven, I don't know if it would have finished. You'll just look at our friends with the Northeast conference and they literally had people using drinking cups to try and drain parts of Dodd stadium to get a game in, in a driving rain on Sunday night. So um, fair play to the Mac for getting that tournament in, but then it set up what was a very long weekend. A lot of people were doing scoreboard watching. A lot of people got extremely nervous when UConn dropped the championship round first game to Xavier, a team that was trying to win four straight um, to win the Big East title. That could have taken away a bid for the Stags. I actually think that if Xavier won that tournament, 
Fairfield will not be in this position, but um, things seem to move a little bit better. And then we fast forward to roughly about 1230 on Monday. That pop when the Fairfield name was shown on the TV, and you'll hear this from Jake Noviel in a second, but the excitement nearly blew the speakers off my television. Yeah, it was uh, funny enough. I was, of course, at the men's lacrosse championships up in Hartford watching with some uh, members of the NCAA. And we had joked with them that there might be a staff walkout if the stags don't get in. But it was really funny to see folks like Jerry Price, our friend from Princeton, Justin Lafleur, our friend from Lehigh. For that little window, they were all stags fans. Just everybody who really appreciates what it means to go 37 and three in baseball just became Fairfield fans and were just really happy to see a uh, mid-major team get an at-large bid. And you definitely saw that across the social media landscape. I know there, you and I, you already said it, and I will also attest, I'm not the biggest kind of nut that goes along and follows every storyline of college baseball. We're covering 20 different sports. We see a lot of things across a lot of stuff. So we kind of had to quickly get integrated and who are the people that we should be kind of taking their points seriously. And every person, I would be hard to find outside of our some of our friends in the deep south that really wanted every SEC team in the baseball tournament, rightfully so. It's a outstanding baseball conference, but it seemed that every media member wanted Fairfield to get in. You forget the league format that they played in. By the way, we also saw Michigan getting in. Michigan in the Big Ten didn't play a non-conference game at all this season. So it wasn't just the Mac that didn't play non-conference. It was big com- big time conferences as well. But everybody just elated to see the Stags name drawn in Austin. And before we go any further, let's go now to my conversation with a very ecstatic Jake Noviello, who we chatted just shortly after Fairfield's name coming out of the hat, if you will, and onto the bracket heading down to Texas. Jake, obviously we'll get to the excitement of today on Monday is the time that we're recording, but I want to backtrack to about 5 p.m. on Friday afternoon. Uh, That was the time when the MAC tournament ended. Unfortunately, it was Ryder that ended up walking off the field with the championship trophy. But what was this time from Friday at 5 till about 11.59 a.m. on Monday morning wondering what's going to happen next? Yeah, uh, well, Friday, I guess, after losing that and not really knowing what comes after, uh, it's a pretty dark feeling and a very uncomfortable feeling. Um, You know, in the moment, right then and there, you think season's over. And, uh, you know, we had thought that we had to win that game to get in from, you know, things we had seen on on Twitter and other social media. Um, But, you know, Friday night was definitely not a great night. And as we got through the weekend, uh, things actually started to turn around a little bit from what we had seen. And uh, we started to see some of the projections from D1 Baseball and Baseball America. And those started to turn positive and uh, looked really good for us. So going into today, uh, I think there was a lot of hope that we'd get in, but still a feeling in the back of our head that, you know, we could you know, not make it and we could be finished up here. Now they kind of relate the reaction to what you guys had when the name Fairfield came up on the bracket reveal in professional wrestling, they call it a pop 
from the audience. I mean, the yeah. speakers basically blew off the television. So uh, was how much of a relief was that more than anything to see your school's name come up in the field of 64? Uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, we actually had a team lunch before and I couldn't even stomach the food we were having because uh, I was nervous and didn't really know what the next hour held for us. But, uh, you know, when our name came across that screen, we, as everyone's probably seen in that video, we just erupted and started hugging each other and celebrating because it's a huge accomplishment for our program. I mean, how gratifying is it? Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Fairfield baseball. I know there's been mm -hmm. even the reference of America's team this year as Stags baseball yeah. this year. But people genuinely, I think they give a lot of respect to teams that play out of the Northeast. Maybe for some, not as much as they probably should, because it's very good baseball that gets played up here. And I think uh, there should be more recognition comes of it. But for you guys as a team or for you personally, how gratifying is it to be playing in an NCAA regional out of a league that traditionally just gets the one bid, despite the fact that there's been teams that have won games in the NCAA tournament before. Yeah, it's unbelievably gratifying. Uh, I think personally, I don't think we as a program get as much respect as we should maybe in the Northeast compared to some bigger schools. And we have some really great players here. We have a great coaching staff. We have great facilities and we've been doing this for a long time now. Um, so the ability to, you know, represent the Mac and get that at large bid is history. It's never happened before in Mac baseball. So uh, that's, that's a great honor that we hold. And uh, I think we definitely deserved it. It didn't, didn't uh, come to us and it wasn't gifted to us. We earned it over the regular season and every game we played and uh, couldn't be more happy for the guys that uh, will be able to represent the Mac in Austin. Looking back at this past weekend, the MAC tournament, obviously the results in the grand scheme of things didn't go your ways. But the thing that I enjoyed watching, at least from the broadcast position, was how the group was able to bounce back. Now, we haven't seen Fairfield baseball maybe put up against the wall a lot this season. It was a lot of series sweeps, a lot of good results and good play at home. But after that mm -hmm. first game to Canisius, your you guys and you personally came out the next day knowing that our season is on the line starting today and we have to take the onus on ourselves to go out and perform so what was that experience like playing in elimination games knowing that like you said you don't know if there was going to be an ncaa tournament yeah you know i i had told you after we uh after i pitched against monmouth that we had a ton of fight and i think you know that holds true and it showed in that canisius game with trey coming out and just shoving just really giving us a great opportunity uh, and holding that team down who had beat us. Uh, I think it was two days before and they obviously came into the game with a ton of confidence knowing that they could beat us again. So his performance was huge for us. And I think, you know, as a team, we really pulled together and uh, just worked to pull in one direction. We know I couldn't win the game in the first inning, but uh, you could set yourself up really good for the second inning and the third inning and so on. And I think, having that mentality going through really helped us and didn't get us all the way, but uh, we have another opportunity here with a regional. So they're going to take the same mentality in. We're going to be playing some great teams this weekend. Uh, and I think we're excited for that challenge. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been a couple hours since you guys have just learned the fact that you're going to be playing in 
early June. So we're not going to break too much down about that. Drew and I will mm-hmm. be taking care of that in a moment. But um, you know, what do you think this experience is going to be like? Because the last time that Fairfield baseball was in this situation, in this position in 2016, so there's not really too much that you can ask back maybe outside of head coach Bill Courier. But um, what John, do you – John do you Signor, John for And Siggy too. Yes, you're absolutely right about that. But um, what, what are you hoping for for the next couple of days when you guys get down to Austin? Yeah, uh, I think a ton of fun. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity for us. And hopefully, you know, we, we hope we can get this every year. But as we know, the MAC is traditionally a one bid league. Uh, so the opportunity to go down, fly down to Austin and uh, get to get to play in a huge stadium down there in front of some great fans. I think it's something we're all definitely looking forward to. Uh, it's something that we haven't had all year, really being able to play out of conference and play in front of a lot of people so it's going to be great playing in some great weather on a great field um uh, i think you know it will people be able to experience a lot of different things i've never personally been to texas so i'm excited to kind of walk around the city and uh you know see the country a little bit it's uh playing baseball really gives you a great opportunity to see different places of the country and uh this is just one of those moments so again, big thanks to Jake and also a, another hat tip. I feel like we've been doing this a lot lately, but Ivy Spath, who is the SID for Fairfield baseball. And I don't think even he and his wildest dreams would have been just absolutely flooded with media requests, not only just in the last 24 hours, but really across this entire season of what they're doing. But he, along with the rest of the external team, I know yourself included as well, have done an outstanding job in promoting this Fairfield baseball team it's not just the play on the field it's what's happening behind the scenes the social media engagement just hearing the word come across people in the community saying hey what's happening with this baseball team so big credit to him and thanks to ivy for making sure that i had a chance to chat with someone before the team flies out very shortly um but yeah austin texas here we come this is gonna be a um this is gonna be a fun next couple of days and a possible very beneficial draw for the stags dare i say yeah i mean it's it's the ncaa tournament there are no there are no quote bad teams left so every every team has got the juice to at least beat you once if not beat you twice and possibly even beat you pretty handily but yeah fairfield getting into that two three side of the bracket that's something we talk about with sports like volleyball something we talked about uh, in sports in in other formats and sports like women's lacrosse as well just avoiding that top tier of teams that on most days is going to roll and that's what they got that's no shade on Arizona State they're obviously a competitive team in the Pac-12 which means they're a very good baseball team but to see number two Texas and to see that's not Fairfield's opponent on day one that's that's a very welcome sight coming out of the MAC. I mean, you could be like our friends at UConn who are in the South Bend, Indiana bracket with Notre Dame, Michigan, and a very capable Central Michigan team. That might actually be one of the the regions of death, if you will. And that's no <laughs> knock on UConn who had an outstanding season. But yeah, let, we're going to break down quickly of what to expect because maybe a lot of people not, might not know a whole lot of what we should be expecting over the next few days. So first off, um, the times of the first games on Friday, June the 4th, have been revealed. Uh, Fairfield will be the nightcap 
down at Texas. The first game will be the four seed in that tournament, the Southern University Jaguars, who will be taking on the one seed and the overall number two seed, the Texas Longhorns. That game will be on the Longhorn Network, as I'm presuming what has yet to be formally announced, any games that involve Texas will be on the Longhorn Network. Other games will be on ESPN3, which is where Fairfield will be on Friday night at 7 p.m., Eastern time again on ESPN three. So here's what you need to know about the Arizona state university, sun devils outside of the fact that while Fairfield's pop might've been the most exciting, the ASU bracket reveal might've been as ASU ish as it could team watching in a pool. So fair play to them. But, um, <laughs> The Sun Devils won 32 and 20 overall this season, 16 and 14, the Pac-12 finished top half. The Pac-12 does not have a tournament, so they're tied for fifth. Um, They, the ASU side who comes into this, by the way, winning just two of their last seven games, they got swept by UCLA, uh, one, two of three against USC before that. This team, actually, if you look across any team in college baseball, probably got hurt the most in the 2020 MLB draft because despite the fact that it was cut down to just five rounds or so, ASU basically lost their entire infield as they had five players drafted in the first four rounds, including the number one overall pick of Spencer Torkelson, who's now doing things in the Tigers organization. Uh, Big names they have to watch out for offensively, Ethan Long, who is kind of your classic utility player, can play anywhere on the diamond and pitches, but he slashed 340, 408, 725 with 16 homers and 53 runs batted in. He was a part of the top 50 in the 2021 recruiting class by perfect game. And also keep an eye on the shortstop, Drew Swift, who's a very capable shortstop hitting at 313 and scoring 40 runs. Now, the likely probables will either be Tyler Thornton, who is a redshirt sophomore, national freshman pitcher of the year, as voted by the NCBWA in 2019 when he was with St. Mary's. He's been roughed up a little bit in his last couple starts, going two and four this year with a 5.73 ERA. We could also see Justin Fall, who's the usual two pitcher, the game two pitcher, a Saturday night pitcher, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, he's a redshirt junior lefty from Tom's River, New Jersey. Went seven and two this year with 3.86 ERA. But Drew, like you said, there's no easy team. You also said that this is probably the best draw possible. But overall, it's you have two teams in Fairfield and ASU who probably didn't end the season the best way that they wanted to. I think it almost gives a fresh start for both of these teams, which actually makes that matchup very enticing. Yeah, it is. A, it is an interesting parallel that it's two teams who, as you said, feel like they kind of had it controlled their own destiny to maybe get an even more favorable seating or something like that. And instead they're going to go head to head in game one. And those are, those are some uh, hefty numbers you threw out there from some of those players and uh, kudos to ASU for being back there. I didn't know until you told me they graduated their entire starting infield from last year. But you know what? This is what Fairfield wanted. They just said, give us a shot. We don't care if it's team one, team 64, or any team in between. So they'll go out there and they'll take their chances against the Sun Devils. Well, you mentioned team one or team 64. Ironically enough, if you look at how the seating breaks out, Fairfield will either be facing team two or team 63 in the next <laughs> game because it's either going to be Texas who's the overall number two seed who finished off with a 42 and 15 overall record, 17 and seven in the big 12 and ended up being the co-regular season champions. But they also did not win their conference tournament. 
um, lost to West Virginia in the first game of their postseason tournament, which, by the way, sidebar here, college baseball tournaments, I thought that some of the previous MAC engagements with those six-team formats are wild. We don't know how wild some tournaments are. You've got an A and a B division in the Big 12. You've got a bottom half, top half of nine or ten teams in other leagues. My goodness, do some conferences play a lot of games across one week. <laughs> Texas started in the B division, but it's not an A and a B type format. It's just, well, you split five teams into one bracket and four in another. Um, Texas were in the bottom half, lost their first game, rattled off two wins, but lost to Oklahoma State in the Division II championship round. But the team that actually comes into the best form is the four seed in Southern University, who finished at 20 and 28 overall, 13-11 in the SWAC West, and they finished third in that division. But here we go. They won their first tournament game. Uh, downplayed at the beautiful home of the Rocket City Trash Pandas of the AA Southeast, I think we're calling in the MLB reclassification. It's the old Southern League. Um, they won their first game, lost to Prairie View A&M, and then Southern won three straight elimination games in a row, including beating Prairie Prairie View AM twice, and then beat the heavy favorite Jackson State, who a few years ago were in a similar position that Fairfield was in with a 40-win season, didn't get into the tournament. But they beat Jackson State in a one-off final. They don't do double elimination finals in this league. No, no. But this is a group in Southern that have actually gone eight and one at neutral sites this season, despite being seven and six at home in their home in Baton Rouge and five and twenty-one away from home. But there are no there's no patterns. And I think that's why a lot of people are really gravitating towards this regional. Forget the storylines of some of the teams that are coming in. I think, yeah, everyone expects Texas to probably walk out of this regional as the winner, but I think you can actually make a case for a number of these teams being in that Sunday night or perhaps a game seven on Monday regional final. Yeah. Texas is the heavy favorite. And when you turn in the season that they've had that's that's the way it should be in these regional formats they're number two overall for a reason but yeah the, the road to get there to what is being assumed not i'm not writing it in pen yet but what's being assumed to be texas versus tba the road to that tba is going to be very exciting between these three other teams yeah so make sure to stay with us at fairfieldstags.com for all the information, all the hype that's going to get you ready for this Austin Regional. And once again, congratulations to head coach Bill Courier and his group for getting in. And they're going to be heading out and they're going to have a ball down there in Austin as well. It's a fun city. I've personally never been there, but I listened to Chuck Sadowski, who is my broadcast partner for the Mac Baseball Tournament, who was very familiar with those confines down in Austin. So get ready for a good time, guys. A um, couple other news and notes Fairfield on the national stage. And Drew mentioned this one to me that we need to give this group its fair justice. I know a lot of it right now is Fairfield baseball, but our Fairfield men's rowing varsity fours capped off its spring season with a very strong performances. They finished 13th in the nation at the IRA championships. Now, this is a event that is open to 52 member institutions across both the men's heavyweight and the men's lightweight rowing. Uh, Fairfield getting in and really this group coming together and kind of peaking at the right time. And when I talked with the director of rowing, Dave Patterson, before he said that expect some of these groups to really find their peak at the right time. And the varsity four certainly did this and turned in a very good performance, both at the dad Vale 
and now here at the IRAs. Yeah, you know, we have, you know, there's some of these sports where they don't compete on campus and they don't have traditional win-loss records. So sometimes if you're not deeply entrenched in them, it's hard to gauge a success or a successful season. But the men's rowing, this uh, varsity four group, and then they also had the novice novice four win a bronze at Dad Vales. They, and then even on the women's side, the women had a very strong showing at the MAC championship a couple of weeks ago. Uh, rowing has that beautiful new training center on campus. And yeah, it's just all, all positives from, uh, from coach Patterson and his squad this season and kudos to that varsity four for finishing it off in style this past weekend. I, I think it always goes a testament to you want to finish the season on a high note. I know it's very difficult to do in sports, but um, rowing certainly have done that job. So congratulations to this group that finished overall 13th in its competition. And the group was comprised of Michael Green, Michael Pagliaro, Jake Godwin, Brady Sturgeon, and the coxswain is Matt Terra Baccia. And congratulations to that group for having a great end to their season. And another end to the season, this is where, Drew, I turn it over to you for your final thoughts. Fairfield hosted the NCAA Men's Lacrosse Championships. And what turned out, again, to be on a weekend that had absolutely horrific weather, just rain from start to finish. Thankfully, Mother Nature um, kind of subsided for the sun to come out at the D1 final on Monday afternoon. But this is something that does not happen overnight. This is a process that's been planned for two years, barring a pandemic, mind you, that kind of shook up everything. But, Drew, I... I this is where you can really kind of tell the folks how much time and how much effort something like this goes into pull off because Fairfield university did an outstanding job hosting uh, this event. Yeah. We had, uh, we'd learned that we were going to be hosting this event. I believe it was 2017 may have been early 2018. So it's been a long time in the making. And, you know, of course, Fairfield hosted the quarterfinals in 2019. And uh, first of all, any list of shout outs starts with, Alan Gibson, our associate AD for facilities, Jack Jones, who anytime Fairfield has hosted these regionals, lacrosse, hockey, women's basketball, Jack Jones has been the guy front and center and the back of house. You never see him out. I don't even know if he's ever seen a minute of any of these games, but he's working tirelessly on our end. Uh, guys like Zach Dayton, of course, our director of athletics, Paul Schlickman, uh, everybody, I want to list more because I'll leave somebody out but just a tremendous amount of work went into this from going down to the championships in 2019 and seeing how it was done and to be able to bring that to uh, East Hartford. And of course, curveballs along the way from wondering if the tournament was going to happen, wondering if we were going to have fans and this group, along with the great staff from the NCAA just adapted, adjusted every step of the way. Um, Shout out to really every team we saw this weekend. We saw some great lacrosse, but in particular to Virginia, to LeMoyne, and to RIT. Uh, it was personally my first time seeing a national champion crowned in person, and uh, it was great. I'm watching RIT. I couldn't have named a single player on the team before Sunday, and I'm watching them celebrate, and I'm tearing up a little, just really happy, proud of those guys, and uh, also for their competition for that matter. And um, while we're shouting it out, uh, for lacrosse on the women's side, it was Lindenwood on the D2, Salisbury D3, and uh, the one that's a little near and dear to Fairfield this year was Boston College 
finally breaking through on the for women's lacrosse on the division one side winning that national title we saw boston college in the first round um any of those four teams in the final four could have won it but i don't think if you've seen that boston college team it's surprising at all that they were the one that came away with that trophy uh charlotte north set all sorts of records single season career tournament records um just just great and when you i've seen this personally with women's lacrosse with volleyball you develop a little bit of a kinship with these teams when you go down as fairfield as the mac representative and see some of these major programs and uh you're really just happy for them and to have competed against them while they were on that run is something that you can take the heart that you, you went out there and you, you had some moments where you were able to shine against a team that proved to be the best in the nation. Absolutely. And um, even though I personally was not at the site, I know for the lacrosse championships, I know just so many people that helped out and a lot of volunteers that ended up basically giving away what is a, holiday weekend easily could have been the start to their own personal summers because their own programs have since probably been off for a couple of weeks, but big shout out to anybody and everybody that came up to help. And I also echo your sentiment Salisbury women, by the way, uh, national champions unbeaten throughout this entire season, which is amazing. And also for BC, I mean, Charlotte North was amazing. And uh, since we've watched that program the last four years, well, five years now, uh, so many great players have come through and Sam Acuso finally gets that championship ring as a, a, a volunteer assistant coach after coming close on four occasions. So um, awesome job by all. And yeah, we turn our attention now to get the women's college world series for softball at the D one level and the NCAA baseball tournament uh, coming up. So that's going to do it for this episode. We will again be going forward throughout the entirety of this run for Fairfield baseball. So we will have one more show next week. At least we can guarantee you that, but for drew, I'm JJ signing off. We'll talk to you all real soon. We'll see you all in Austin, Texas, everybody go stags. <laughs>